1: Hey, Taylor.
2: Hey, Dad.
1: It's summertime.
2: Mm, are you sure it's, yeah. it's summertime and not just the default the summer?
1: I don't know. Well, this, is, this is mid-April. Kind of late it's to have true. another Snow. real snap. Although it was cold this past week. Some 37-degree mornings. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what it reminded me of? It was. Last year when we were down in Lake Murray for the tackle warehouse thing. You remember how cold it was that morning?
2: It was pretty cold. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got the video. Of you and you're It you looked like a terrorist, and you got the, and the breathing out. And yeah. The, yeah, see your breath and all. But uh I don't know. I think summer's uh, – spring is here for sure. Summer, it, it may go back and forth between spring and then summer, and who knows. <laughs> But uh, I don't think winter's going to make another appearance.
2: Oh, I think we've oh. had
1: our last fire in the fireplace. How's that?
2: Okay, yeah, that's sad if you put it that way.
1: Well, you know, it's not sad. It's just another year. Sure you get, it is. You get to look forward to winter when they start having them again.
2: watching Sophie over here. She's trying to catch a fly.
1: Oh, I know. And Gotta watch her catch a bee. I you your to Sophie, when you catch that thing, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> You're not going to like it. She doesn't listen. She keeps on. Luckily, she hasn't caught one so far.
2: Has she not?
1: No, evidently not, because she still chases him. Maybe it didn't hurt as bad as I know. It maybe would. she didn't learn. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, welcome to the show. Uh, we're kind of being lazy this week. It's uh, there is so much going on with finishing up the annual tax season deal and and getting ready for graduation and other things we have going on this week that we uh, we're going to replay a show with Daryl Stubbs about turkey hunting. Uh, a, a good one. Uh, Daryl makes some hand calls and and uh, just a wealth of information on turkey. So we're going to listen to Daryl again this week. I uh, thought we'd come on and, and at least do a new calendar for events and bring you up to speed on a couple things. A herd of owls, a happiness of dogs, an accident of cows, a stupid amount of gorillas, an irrational house fire of spiders, a trumpet of sheep, what? I have this emu escape of emus, what? a trust fund of horses, a massacre of otters, a slippery oboe of snakes. These aren't badgers of giant mice, a nugget of heron, and a trouser full of weasels.
2: What? I
1: don't know. It's just something I saw in the you know. The, what you call groups of things, but I don't think this one's right.
2: I don't think it is. Now, word with that word of- right
1: there, and that word right there, and those others. I skipped <laughs> those, folks. A Sophia Coppola montage of goldfish. What? A Sophia Coppola montage of goldfish. I don't know. It's just funny. A bugger ton of squirrels. A <laughs> <laughs> trouser full of weasels. That's a that's a pretty good one. <laughs> How did this emu escape? Uh, Lemu the emu. Oh, oh my word. What is that? Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought somebody might. An accident of cows. It's
2: so funny. That it's so dumb. A
1: git of pigeons. A trumpet of sheep. It's so funny. <laughs> a happiness of dogs. Uh, a loaf of ducks.
2: A loaf?
1: <laughs> I don't know, folks. <clears throat>
2: Yes. Is, this, is this your like taxes and stress? It,
1: it, yeah. This is. Yeah, this out. is a letdown. Uh. Yeah. It's a stress reliever. <laughs> um. Did have a dip tailored. It did have a good meeting this week, with the folks from Everything Outdoors Fest.
2: Ah. Oh, yes. You did.
1: JBM Associates. Um. It, it's gonna be good, folks. Go ahead and put it on your calendars. November fourth through the sixth. is Hop- Historic Hopkins Farm in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Everything Outdoors Fest. And you can find everything outdoorsfest.com. You can find out more about it there. Um, yeah, a real good meeting. Uh, gonna have a lot of stuff going on. That and
2: I miss. Abby. Yeah,
1: you missed the meeting. That's okay. You won't miss the fest. Um, uh, if you if you want to, and, and mainly what they're trying to do now is get their vendors in line and how we're gonna set things up, and it's gonna be really neat. Gonna be really neat. Gonna have villages. I think we're going to have some stages in the villages for people to do demonstrations on and talks on. And then I think you and I are going to be on a stage interviewing people during the weekend. Yep. Um, it's going to be good. And it, 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 it's kind of, they've kind of got it set off. but It's really neat. Um, dirt. So they're going to have a dirt village, which is camping, hiking, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Uh, a road village, which is going to be cycling, running, and walking. We have a water village which is fishing, kayaking and paddle boarding, and a power village, which is ATV, boats and RVs. Sophie, leave, leave that Sophie. Oh my gosh. She can tear the blind down. She is. She's gonna tear my blinds down. Sophie She's ignoring me. She is she is all in. Squirrel. Aha Gotcha.
2: Her eyes are huge. Yes.
1: She hates squirrels. Are you okay?
2: Uh, behind uh, screen, yeah, she's behind the she's behind She's
1: going to tear it up before she's trying to get to it. <laughs> she's biting it, trying to bite it through the shade. It's right there. Just squash it, Sophie. There you go. Squash it. <laughs> this We ought to be videoing this. What's wrong with you? You're that generation that videos everything. Wait,
2: but well, where'd it go?
1: Now she's not going to do it. Sophie doesn't like being on camera. There she goes. She, she wants it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, did it come out? Oh, oh, oh she's behind, oh, the, she's behind it now.
2: Oh! Oh! oh, oh.
1: <laughs> it came out and almost got eaten, and I think it went back in a different place. Or maybe she got
2: it. No, it flew over. Oh, it did. Okay. Sorry, Sophie. Entertainment so. for
1: the day. Sorry y'all couldn't have seen that. Um, sorry we wasted your time talking about it and laughing about it and all that. Uh, we do have a calendar of events. Brought to you by Capital City.
2: Lake Murray Country.
1: Uh, starts out fishing. Family fishing clinics are back on the schedule with the Sacramento Department of Natural Resources and Aquatic Education. Um, what is a fishing clinic? It's it, It'll teach you skills on how to, to tie fishing knots, how to rig a rod and reel, casting. And the best part is everyone will try to get their hands on a fish by fishing. Uh, kids from ages 4 to adults are welcome, so come out and enjoy, enjoy the outdoors and make this a family fun day. Um... May the 14th, South Cove County Park and Table Rock State Park. So May the 14th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at both places. Uh, you need to go online and register, and you look under Fishing and Aquatic Education, you'll see Family Fish Clinics, and neither one of them are full yet. So, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Fishing rodeos are also back open, and just a reminder, if you want to register for one of these fishing rodeos, the registration for online closes at 12 a.m. the Thursday before the event. But basically, fishing rodeos, it's just an opportunity for kids to get out there ages 5 to 15 years old. Um, catch a fish. Catch a fish, bring their own equipment. Um, there's a couple events. So this one that I have coming up is uh, on a Draper wildlife management area. That's over
1: near Brattonsville, mm-hmm. your favorite place.
2: On May 7th, 8 a.m. to noon. And there's going to be some prizes. Uh, there will be some rods available, but please bring your own gear if possible. Bait will be provided. No pets. No adults fishing. Um, and participants maybe must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. There's some lunch. Um, And you can go to the DNR website to register. There's a couple other ones, Goose Creek, Lake Raven, Horry County, and Lake Thickety. Daddy, you have that one. Which I have,
1: Lake Thickety, which is a catfish tournament, which I think Draper, they start (laughs) catfishing the Draper one, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the 7th, Lake Thickety in Gaffney, South Carolina. 15 years and under, bring your own bait and gear. First 100 kids receive a free fishing rod at this one. And like I said, it's at the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources website, Go under fishing and aquatic education. You'll see fishing rodeos and the other.
2: There's Quickly. a Santee Cooper Open Team Tournament coming up on April 30th, which will be presented by Farmers Telephone Cooperative. There's a first place payout of five thousand. You can email Clarendon County Chamber of Commerce to sign up, and that is Saturday, April 30th. Uh,
1: the South Carolina Bob White Fundraising Partnership cordially invites you to an evening reception with cocktails and quail conversation. Uh, the South Carolina Bob White Initiative of Department Natural Resources, Tall Timbers, Thursday, May the 5th, 2022, 6.30, the Millstone at Adams Pond in Columbia, South Carolina, South Bluff Road. Uh, 50 bucks per person, cocktails and heavy hors d'oeuvres, raffles and music. So, casual attire, register, whatever, buy your tickets. We'll see you on the other side with uh, turkeys. Welcome back into Woods and Water, South Carolina. How you doing there, Taylor?
2: I'm doing great. How are you? It's, it's, a, it's a day.
1: <laughs> it's a day. They all can be a day. Uh, but anyway, it'll get better. We'll make you smile. Uh, I'll tickle you a little bit while we're doing the show today. Do
2: you tickle me? I slap you.
1: <laughs> oh, how many of you have daughters like that? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back to Woods and Water. Thanks for taking time out of your Saturday to be here. And, uh... I want to introduce our next guest. He is uh, retired, retired from the Department of Natural Resources. I understand he's been making something called a turkey call since like the 80s, Taylor. What's a turkey
2: call, I don't know a
1: turkey call. I have a couple up there. <laughs> They've got lots of dust on them. Uh, they were gifts. Uh, but Daryl Stubbs, he, uh, man, if, if you don't know about Stubbs turkey calls, you're going to get an education. Hopefully, if you're a beginning turkey hunter or maybe even a veteran turkey hunter, you going to get a few uh going to get something out of the today's show and uh, turkey season's upon us and daryl thanks for taking a little bit of your time and being on woods and water south carolina
3: absolutely um daryl stubb i'm 66 years old uh. i retired um after 31 years with the department of natural resources a wildlife biologist. um I'm, i've been in the call making business for approximately four years now um Primarily because I wanted to kill a turkey with a call that I made myself.
1: <laughs> and have you done that?
3: Uh, several times <laughs> over, sir. It's uh, been quite an enjoyable experience. Um, once I started making the calls and I had people that had heard them and heard about me and started wanting to buy them from me. My intentions were to just make them for myself, but sure. um, it, it turned into, uh, uh quite a I won't say lucrative business, but uh very interesting business.
1: I'm sure. I I bet you meet meet and talk to a lot of people. Just just like on this side, I you know, I meet and talk to a lot of people and I'm sure turkey calls are the same way. It, it's yes. it's it's uh life is rich, isn't it?
3: It is, sir.
1: <laughs> Absolutely rich.
2: Well I'm gonna probably ask you the most basic question. You have been asked a lot in your
3: life, and that is, why do you love turkey hunting so much? It's I deer hunt and a turkey hunt. I do a good bit of hog hunting and trapping, too. But the interaction, deer hunting to me is you put bait on the ground or you hunt trails and stuff, and and you basically wait for a deer to walk by you at some point. The interaction with the game, when you actually call them, get them to respond, and then come to you, And be able to harvest that animal is, is, uh, is, is what has got me hooked on it, so to speak. If you don't, if your heart doesn't about beat out of your chest, if you've got a gobbler gobbling 20 yards from you, a big old long beard is in full strut or whatever. Um, if that doesn't get your heart rate going, I don't know what will.
1: Check your pulse, huh? That's
3: it, buddy. And to do, and to do that with a call that, I have made myself adds a level of enjoyment to it also
2: okay.
1: I can imagine I can imagine speaking of calls I mean you talk about a lot of people that you've met and all the calls you made I understand you got quite a collection of calls
3: i do i've I've been very fortunate in my turkey hunting career to to touch base with some of the best in the nation um Friends all over the country. Marlon Watkins in Ohio has been a great mentor to me. He makes a fantastic call. Um, but here in South Carolina, you've got some of the greatest callmakers in the nation. Uh, Steve Mann, Irving Witt, T.J. Johnson. T.J. Johnson used to be, play football for South Carolina and was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Marlon Watkins kind of took him under his wing and, and TJ is making calls that have won the national competitions here through the NWTF. But I do, I have a, I have well over 300 turkey calls that I'm sitting here that I'm looking at while I'm talking to you.
1: Any, any one of them just stand out to you? Uh,
3: I'm, I'm a Marlon Watkins fan. Um, he makes a long box that, that they're probably, Turk, there are probably five different turkeys in one of his one of his long boxes that I use. They will, they'll they'll kiki run, they'll yelp, they'll purr, they'll gobbler yelp, and they will gobble also. Um, it's wow. a if you know what to do with it, it's a remarkable. I, t, I tell them it's a um, functional piece of art, is what I call them, um, and they are. They it, it works fantastic, but there are some. Some quality people here in South Carolina. Mr. Zach Farmer, who was a Methodist minister, making trumpets. Mark Trudeau up in Georgetown makes trumpets. Um, but but quality guys right here in South Carolina as far as call making, sir. Wow.
1: And I guess, you know, Ted, I'm sitting here looking at, at my one collectible duck call over there that mm-hmm. I never take duck hunting because I'm afraid to drop it in the water <laughs> and lose it. You don't have that problem with turkey calls.
3: Now you know. Except um, if you
1: leave it, if you're chasing a bird and you leave it somewhere, that could be a problem. Um, I, so you- I
3: lost a call two years ago now that I had killed well over 35 gobblers oh, no. in the wow. Francis Marion Forest. I went back and looked for it three different times because it was a special call to me, but but I never found it. And I, I haven't found one that quite duplicates the sound from that turkey call yet. Oh, wow.
1: Uh, and, uh, Francis Marion's kind of a big place if y'all haven't been <laughs> oh, down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, I lost a pair of sunglasses the other day like that. And I know exactly where I uh-huh. was. So I, I, spent, found them. I still haven't found them, yeah. I spent, I spent an hour and a half walking less than a mile the other day. <laughs> and still couldn't find those stupid sunglasses. So, <laughs> I hate that for the call, guys. I, I can only yeah. imagine. I can only yeah. imagine.
2: Well, yeah. you've been making calls since 1980, right?
3: No, I've actually, I made probably starting probably 10 or 15 years ago, I started making huh. my own diaphragm calls. Which okay. Right. That, that are great because your hands are free, there's no movement and stuff. And that's the thing with turkeys. Their eyesight and their hearing are their two major defenses, so oh, to yeah. speak. Their eyesight is unbelievably good. But anyway, um, I've made, and i killed lots of birds with my own diaphragm calls, but but I've been making pot calls, little friction calls, right. for a little over four years now. It okay. Been, I, I started turkey hunting probably in 1979. I went three or four times. But then in 1980, I went about five times, and I killed my first turkey by myself in the Francis Mary National Forest.
1: Okay. That's where I got that from. Sorry about that, Taylor. No problem. (laughs) Turkey hunting since 1980, not making calls since 1980. Okay, yeah. Correct. I'm sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. I'll get out of your way.
2: To make a turkey call, what kind of tools do you have to use for that?
3: To make a pot call, I have a wood lathe. I have a small um, drill press, a small bandsaw. And that's pretty much it. Um, You generally, for the pot calls that I make, I start off basically with a four by four inch square of wood, um, one inch thick.
1: Okay. And
3: I will, I will drill the holes that are used in the call. Then I'll kind of round it off a little bit, and then I stick it on my lathe and I turn it to round. In that pot call, if you didn't have the top on it, you would be looking. There is a pedestal that's inside that call that the soundboard sits on. And then the playing surface sits above where the soundboard is. So you actually have two surfaces in there. Huh. Um, I have the thing that I did to my calls is a little different than a lot of calls you see. The hole in the bottom of the calls lets the sound out and everything. Anything you do to that call is going to make a difference to the, to the acoustics of it. Okay. But I have made a hole big enough in the bottom of the call that you can actually play the bottom of the soundboard. And generally what I do is I, if I have a slate um, playing surface, I will have either aluminum or a glass soundboard in it. So it's kind of like you're getting two calls in one because the different different surfaces will sound different when sure. you play it. Yeah.
1: Wow, I never thought about playing this.
3: The, mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. Now, does it? And we got yeah, we got about uh, about three minutes left in a second. We still got a little time. But
3: okay.
1: uh, playing the bo- uh, the top versus the bottom. Explain mm-hmm. that just a bit.
3: It's um. The, the top surface is what I would call your primary surface. Anyway, there's generally on a pot call, there is a spot somewhere on that top that they call the sweet spot. That okay. It sounds better than any other place on that call. Um, one of these call makers, when I first started this, I made a bunch of calls, and I sent him three, and I said, tell me what you think of them. I said, I don't care. I want you to be honest with me because I want to turn out a quality product. Okay. Well, he was honest with me. (laughs) And he told me, he said, Darrell, the call sounds good out towards the edge, but it gets dead once you get toward the center of the call. Okay. So I redid three more, and I sent them to him. He said, those are better, but they're not quite there. So I kept on, and I, I looked at some things on some other calls, and I figured out something that worked for me. And it's been pretty consistent as far as that from that point on. But it did. Another callmaker that's very famous here in South Carolina, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Uh, he helped me out, and he's he's been a good friend of mine for years. Wow. And yep. that
1: that little bit of variety, I guess, when you're calling a turkey and he hears a different sound coming out, I guess yep. he gets even more interested in the first time around.
3: That's correct. Uh, an aluminum surface has got a little bit higher pitch to it. Okay. That sometimes will make a turkey gobble when nothing else will. Your standard call, when they first made it, started making pot calls, a slate call was pretty much what they made as far as a pot call. Right. But they've got glass and ceramics and crystal, all different surfaces for these calls now.
1: And if, and if you're going to make in your pot call, what is your go-to surface?
3: My go-to surface is either going to be a slate top with aluminum soundboard or an aluminum, aluminum top with a slate soundboard. Uh, I like that aluminum because it's got that higher pitch to it to me, um, but I, I there's going to be a slate in there someplace. Those are my two favorite surfaces. I do make some glass calls with a slate um, soundboard on them, um, but but those are kind of what I stick to because they've worked great for me.
1: <laughs> and I guess, I guess, we won't start it because we're fixing to go under break, but I guess, you make those calls because somebody asks you, can you put a glass top on it?
3: Correct. They'll, I will. Generally what I like to do is I like to have the person come over and play the call so they can pick one out. But there are numerous times that people have gotten in touch and they said, I want a slate call. So I'll go through what I've got, pick out what I think is the best at that particular time, and I'll send them that call is what happens. Cool.
2: All
1: mm-hmm. right, y'all hang on. We'll be back with Daryl Stubbs and more about turkey season. sounds like a turkey call, doesn't it? No,
2: it does not. It doesn't? No. Are you sure? No.
1: I'm yeah. I mean, it's got lots of different Mad. little things going on there. Bad.
2: <laughs> just, just don't make but it I'm sound sure, any more dumb than we I'm actually are. I'm
1: sure turkey calls to a turkey hunter are music. Would you say that, Daryl? Would you say a good a guy on a turkey call who really knows how to make it work
3: yeah. is music? That would be a, that would be a good... You you got people. I mean, I don't. I don't want to sound. <laughs> I can take one of my pot calls and put it in the hands of somebody that knows how to run a pot call. Uh huh. And it's it's like magic. Um, the noises that come out of there. Then I can take somebody and um, put like it God. in a, a different person's <laughs> hand, and it doesn't sound worth at all <laughs> oh. And really, it's just technique and stuff. But yeah. That's the thing with a pot call. They call. I think I've called it the angle of the dangle. The way the striker meets the surface of that pot call is very important um, to getting the correct sound out of it.
1: That would make sense. Mm-hmm. And that would be me, the guy that just sounds <laughs> awful. I can't, uh strikers, and, of course, I probably, I, I don't know what kind of call I got up there. It's in the closet right over there. Um you
2: got three calls.
1: Yeah, but one of them's an owl hooter and one of them's a, one of them's the old frick. Uh, it's a it's a box call with a, it's a kiwi game call. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Old kiwi yep. box game call. Box call. I like You know, with the spring on it and the slate in the bottom. Yeah. Um. And I got a cheap pot call up there that's a, like a hunter specialty or something like that. That's mm-hmm. got a couple of mouth calls. That's probably why I've never killed turkey. Well, I kept killing. <laughs> that's probably why the others have run <laughs> the other way as fast as I could. <laughs> uh, All, all hunting. When you hunt, or when you fish, you got stories, and I'm sure you got a bunch. And I, uh, everybody likes a good story, and uh, I'm sure you got a couple. Give us a, give us a turkey hunting story.
3: Probably, probably the best one is um, my father. um, We grew up in, I grew up in Sherall in Chesterfield County, and Chesterfield and Marlboro County were the last two counties in South Carolina for the turkey season to open back up. Okay. And I, I had killed a good many birds down here in the Francis Marion and, and went up there and I probably tried for 10 years to get a turkey in front of my father. His eyesight was not good. His hearing was not good. And we had a friend that had 400 acres, 400, I think it's 400 acres on the Big PD River in Marlboro County. And one morning, We went into the Sand Hill State Forest. I called up a bird, and my brother-in-law shot and killed that bird. And then my father said, about 1030, he says we got to go over to Jim's farm. I said, why is that? He said, my turkey's going to be in that field at 1030. I said, okay. (laughs) So we packed up, got a cup of coffee, rode over there. I walked down this road. He said, go on down there. said, if those turkeys are in that field and you can kill one of them, go ahead and shoot him. So I eased down that road, and sure enough, there were two jakes, a long beard, and, like, two hens in there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I could have killed that, that long beard right there, but I said, no, this is, you know. I waited till they eased out of the field. Then I got my father. We got him in there. He'd already set up a little, little blind. We got him behind there. I started calling, and about 20 minutes later, up over the edge of this kind of bank there, walks out that gobbler in full strut. Oh, we wow. had some decoys out. He walked up to about 23 yards, and my father shot and killed him right there. And that that probably one of the highlights of, of all of my hunting career, not just turkey hunting. Um, he was happy. I was happy. I think I probably shed a few tears but oh, over bet. that one. But, uh, my brother in law, I don't know if it was that morning or not, I've only seen or heard about two wild turkeys being tagged with a band on their leg. Huh. I called up one from my brother, Keith Smith, there in Sherrill, and he shot and killed it, and it had a band on his leg. He'd been banded as a Jake a year and a half before that. Had a nice ten and three quarter inch beard and probably weighed around eighteen pounds or so. That was a that was another good memory there too.
1: Now who 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 was the band from? Was it National Wild Turkey
3: Federation? It was, band? Uh, DNR. It was, was SCDNR. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep.
1: And and I'm sure you got more. So you, we talk about it. you've killed a couple of grand slams and.
3: Yep, I've been all over the, <coughs> over the United States, um, South Dakota, killing, uh, Miriams, which I think is probably the prettiest bird. They've got a lot of white on their tail and stuff. Um, New York, Ohio, go to Florida cause Florida the only place that you can kill osceolas. Right. Yep. Uh, went to Texas and shot two Rios, but that was a very memorial, uh, great hunt there too, because that was the last bird I needed for a grand slam. And, uh, had a wonderful time there, but uh, been fortunate um, to to be able to do that. I never thought uh, when I started turkey hunting that I would ever kill a grand slam and I've got two now
1: what um do turkeys i mean when you talk about going to New York and you're talking about Ohio mm-hmm. and Texas right. and Florida and south Dakota yeah. do turkeys kind of all act the same I mean it, different species granted, but do they all you, you hunt them and you call them kind of the same way.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Kind of, kind of in a way, there's a little difference in the, in the sound of the gobble, I think, between them. Um, if you can kill, if you can kill turkeys in the Francis Marion National <laughs> Forest on a fairly regular basis, yeah, you can kill turkeys anywhere in the United States. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I've told people that all these guys that are on TV shooting all these turkeys and stuff, um, okay. A lot of them boys that come to the Francis Marion, they'd be gone home in three <laughs> days with the tail put on the leg. And that's no lie. Those birds up there get pressured. Yeah. Um, but that's what I generally do for myself is I'll kill a bird or two on private land or something, but then I'll save me a bird to go into Francis Marion to still make make sure that I've still got it, so to speak. <laughs> and that's that's a true test, it really is.
1: You know, it's and that goes hand in hand with I'm uh Grant Woods and I've been friends for a long long time and and he's often told me he says buddy he says if you can kill a deer in South Carolina and all that thick you know <laughs> wood and shrub and all that right. if you yep. get anywhere out west of the Mississippi River you're gonna look like you know what you're doing out there, because <laughs> yep. to to kill a good deer here in, in the southeast and all the thick and all the stuff we got to put up with. Once you get out there in that wide open space, you said, "It's you guys just y- y'all look like rock stars out there." That's right. <laughs> so going right along with turkey season. That's it. Uh, gosh, Taylor, we only got like three minutes left in this segment yes. already. We're gonna to have to quit telling people we got an extra segment.
2: I know. We move a
1: little faster. Uh, but let's Daryl, in in three minutes, let's talk about wood because I, when I look at your Facebook posts and all, and all, you use a lot of different woods. So, what 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 kind of woods do you use, and then what's kind of your favorite? What makes the best I, sound, do you think?
3: I um I use a lot oats. I mean, it doesn't sound that exotic or anything, but. I get a lot of quarter sawn oak, so it does have some pretty to it too. Sure. But it's very dense wood, very hard wood. The acoustics that come out of that hard wood make a great call. I mean, I use cedar. I've got purple heart. I've got canary wood. Kind of all depends on what, you know, some people want a, a pretty call too. Sure. But I'll tell you this, out there on my shelf right now, I've got 30, plus calls sitting there on one shelf that will never leave that workshop. If I put a call together, regardless of what the wood is, and I get it all glued up and set up and ready to play it with a striker, if I touch it with that striker and I cannot get a turkey to come out of that call, that (laughs) call is never going to leave that shop. Um, And and we, we were talking about, i made, every now and then, you'll make a call that is far superior, and I made like five or six of them. Okay. You'll make a call that, for whatever reason, has got it, so to speak.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, um, and a good friend of mine, Scott Basher, has got one of those calls. It's a hickory pot with an aluminum top and a slate soundboard to it. That call is unbelievable. Um he tried to get me to, to enter a call in the national call-making competition. I told him, no way that I'm doing that, sir. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that particular call, and there are others out there, too. Sure. And, again, it relates right back to the person playing the yeah, call. I'm sure that's striker true. too. I know strikers, there's a kind of wood that they might call diamond wood. I, I generally buy the pieces for my striker, from the place that I get my slate and glass and all those other supplies from, okay, and put it together because I have not been able to make a striker. It is as consistent as that diamond wood striker is. Okay, um, that to me, I can I can turn a, a striker out there on my lathe and it'll sound good, but as far as consistency and sounding great every time, it's hard to beat that Diamondwood wood striker.
1: That's Daryl Stubbs quality control right there,
2: Taylor. Absolutely, yes, sir.
3: I'm not that goes right back to those calls that are sitting on that shelf out there. The only thing that's going to happen to those is I'm going to destroy them and save some of the materials in them.
1: Gotcha. Uh, real quick, in like 15 seconds, is diamond wood? Is it just that dense? Is it just that different from other wood?
3: It's a kind of a laminated looking thing, and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the segments in there that make it that good. But it is consistently a great striker. Huh.
1: Interesting, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, Daryl Stove called it a control. If he can't make it sound like a turkey, you can't either. <laughs> 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 all right, well, folks, uh, we're having a good time. I hope you are too. We're going to get into, now that we've covered all the calls, we're going to do a little bit, a bit of turkey hunting for you. So hang on into the next segment with more Woods and Water South Carolina. Doobie Brothers are worth more than just the uh, intro of the show. Are they? I love their music. Kay. Good stuff. No. Yes.
2: Huh? It is? Yeah. yeah yes. It is.
1: And speaking of music, we're uh, we're back with Daryl Stubbs. We talked about last segment about Turkey Call and being music, and uh-huh. I had Daryl get a get a, one of his pop calls after, and he's gonna he's gonna play it for a few minutes. So y'all hang on. I asked Daryl if you would. You know, play one of your calls and then tell us what you did. And then I and then oh. I want you to do the top versus the bottom. And, and right. so we can do it. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let you go for a few seconds, you run it, and then we'll get back into the other stuff.
3: Sure. This is a, a sycamore pot call, a spalted sycamore. The top of this call is aluminum and it's um That's an aluminum top, and then in the bottom of this call, I have a slate soundboard. Okay. But that's a aluminum top, slate soundboard, a hole in the bottom big enough. Two years ago, I killed five different goblins with this call. I killed three <laughs> for myself and called up two for friends.
1: <clears throat> and you're... And you're simply using what a hen would sound like.
3: Yes, those, main, those calls start with a basically a yelp.
1: Okay. A little
3: cluck. Y'all can cluck and purr. If you can do those three calls on a pot call, that's all you need to know how to do.
1: All right. Taylor, that answers a lot of questions we had coming yeah, up those. here. Yeah, it
3: does. <laughs> and that's using one of those diamond wood strikers okay. I was talking
1: about earlier. Too. Okay. All right. Mm. Sounded pretty good. Yeah, it did. I'd gobble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What? Well, well, okay. You know, I don't know if we need to go there, Taylor. I
2: don't think we need to go there either. I
1: don't think we need to go there either. I guess one thing one thing it would be is, you know, what should turkeys do more of when they're getting ready for turkey season? I mean, I know a lot turkeys, of
2: Turkeys. Turkeys or turkey, turkey hunters?
1: Turkey
3: hunters. I'm sorry. What do turkey <laughs> hunters do? Uh, what should the turkeys thing do? to do is you, you look for sign where turkeys have been. They scratch the ground looking for feed. Okay. <clears throat> You'll see scratching there. You'll see turkey poop. You can actually tell what has pooped if, <laughs> if you know what to look at, whether it's a jake, whether it's a goblin, whether it's a hen. Um, but looking for scratching and stuff, that tells you the birds are in the area. Okay. Um, this morning I went out to John's Island, a small piece of private property that, that I'm allowed to hunt. I've had cameras set up there since January, since right after deer season went out. The man's nice enough to let me turkey hunt. If anybody out there that wants the old 66-year-old man to come hunt their turkey property, just let me know. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> I went this morning. Generally, first thing in the morning, a turkey will gobble before they come off of the roost. Okay. So I was there this morning listening for turkeys to gobble. Through my cameras, I know there's at least seven long beards and 10 jakes on that property. It, and I, just, I did not hear a single bird this morning. That could have a lot to do with the weather and stuff. Right. Um, but anyway, um, I use, I also make, in addition to pot calls, I make owl hooters, ah. and crow calls. Uh, in addition, those are locator calls. for right. turkey Because a turkey wants to be the the loudest thing in the woods. Uh, first thing in the morning, especially, but you use an owl hooter first thing in the morning, later on up in the day, a crow call. And when you blow that crow call, you want to blow it like you're going to blow the end out of that call. I mean, lots get real aggressive with it. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the way to find out where they are. Um, go in and set up on them after you, after you figure out where they are like that. Um, but scratching is, is one of the main things early in the morning, figuring out where they are through their gobbling and stuff. Um, and patience is probably the biggest virtue you can have turkey hunting. Um, 99% of the people that turkey hunt, nine o'clock in the morning, they're going to be out of the woods and gone. That doesn't matter whether you're hunting Francis Marion or public land. I mean, private land. Yeah. Um, that's just the way it is. But I'll tell you this last year, I got to watch five gobblers die. Here in South Carolina, the first one that was killed, as far as time wise, was 11:20. It was wow. one at 11:40, one at 12:40, and one as late as 2:40 in the afternoon. Wow. Um, that's that's sticking with it because um, that's a lot of time without hearing the that first one, 11:20. A gentleman that was assistant manager in store where I work at Palmetto uh-huh. State Armory. Um, Had never been turkey hunting in his life. I said, we're going to get in this pop-up blind here at 6 o'clock, and we're not going to leave until at least noon or you kill a turkey. (laughs) We did not hear a peep until 1120, Mm -hmm. and we killed that bird about 10 minutes after that. He gobbled back at me. I called at 1120. He gobbled at me. I waited about five minutes, called to him again. He double gobbled at me, and he was dead two minutes after that.
1: (laughs) So, now, the whole morning you were in there, did you call a little bit along? You Absolutely. Just got, okay. I, I,
3: when I do that, when I'm blind calling like that, yeah, I'll call every 20 to 40 minutes. Okay. I'll run a series of yelps and throw some clucks in there at the end is what I'll do. Then I'll put the call down. I may play with my phone. I've read a lot of books in turkey blinds. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's what I do. I got me a comfortable seat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sit there, and if I know the turkeys on the property, which there are, um, like this morning, didn't hear a single bird, but I know there's seven different longbeards at least on that piece of property. So uh, come next Tuesday, I'm going to be on that piece of property, and uh <laughs> I may be there from 6 o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m., but, <laughs> but I know the birds are there. It's just putting the time in and being patient. Patience, patience, patience. Nice I patience. can't. Strive that enough. If you've got a little bit of calling ability, you're a good woodsman, and you're patient, you're going to kill turkeys. You can be the best caller in the world and be, be impatient, and you may never kill a turkey. Um, that's, that's just what I've observed.
1: Well, we've got about uh, three minutes. Three and a half minutes to go, Taylor. Um, have at it.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> Turkey population, now, we talked about earlier in the show, we don't see many around here where we're from and where we hunt, but I know a lot of people around are seeing a lack of turkeys. So what do you think are some of the reasons for the decline in numbers of turkeys?
3: A number of things. Predators, for one, everything in the world eats eggs. Snakes, hogs, coons, possums, foxes. All of those things, if you've got a piece of private property and you're able to trap, it would be my suggestion to you, if you want to increase your turkey population greatly, is to do some trapping and get, there, are, there are raccoons, there's so many raccoons in South Carolina, it's just unbelievable. Um, how are there any birds in South Carolina? I don't know with all the raccoons and possums <laughs> and stuff, but, but, uh, everything eats eggs. Um, the other thing I would say, and I know it's been brought up, Technology has advanced so far from when I oh, first yeah. started. I, I I used to kill, I'll probably kill more turkeys with a Remington 1100 <clears> that had a 28-inch plain barrel, plain yep. modified barrel on it mm-hmm. with high brass number sixes than most of these guys will ever kill in their life. Um, but now you've got these guns, specialized turkey guns with the special choke tubes, the special shot um, strutting gobbler decoys and stuff. And I'm not against anybody using any of that stuff to kill a turkey with. That's, you do what you want to do, and if you're successful, that's great. Um, and don't come back to me and, and the fact that I'm going to go sit in a pop-up blind next Tuesday. I got it. Just went through an AFib <laughs> incident here. I'm lucky to be able to go sit in that pop-up sure. blind. Sure, sure. Um, and, and, uh, and I still love it, enjoy it. I still run and gun some too, but but um, technology has probably put as big a hurt on the turkey population as anything I would think. But if you can do uh, popular, you know, predator control on your private property, I would highly suggest that. The other thing, I know you mentioned something about fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think fire is a great wildlife tool if it's done correctly. And with that, I I've I've cut my teeth into Francis Marion. Right. Um, burning up there in May and June when you've got hen turkeys sitting on this yeah. and deer have dropped their phones and stuff and they do those helicopter burns, I think that's a travesty. Mm-hmm. Um there I know and it's you got to have the weather right to do fire and I understand that and everything, but but to be roasting turkeys on the nest and then complaining about the drop in turkey population from the same group that is supposed to be looking out for all this stuff, is it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, so to speak.
1: So a uh, so good turkey burn is done February, March?
3: That's what, yeah, before those hens get on the nest and stuff. And that's the other thing that this camera, I was talking about using cameras yeah. for too um the birds are still pretty much grouped up right now what you'll start seeing is on those cameras you'll start seeing birds strutting and stuff as they're getting to that point that they break up and start breeding and stuff and from what i've seen it's almost that time i seeing some few strutting birds but not a lot they aren't fighting they aren't chasing and stuff um but it's getting close.
1: It's getting close. Yes. Yeah. Just like the season's close. Next week you'll be out there.
3: Um, I, should, I sure will be. <laughs> Got
1: about 30 seconds, and I'm sure you won't take this on, but thank you for being on the show with us. We really appreciate your time, your expertise, and everything we talk to. If somebody wants to buy or see one of your calls, how do they get a hold of you?
3: Um, I'm on Facebook, Darryl Sub D-A-R-Y-L. STUBBS, I also have Stubbs, Stubbs Game Calls on Facebook. It'll have all the contact information there. I've tried to keep my calls. Most of my calls are going to be $45 with a striker. Okay. If I ship it to you, it's going to be like $7, so you're looking at $52. Okay. i tried to keep it somewhere reasonable so that you could get a quality call without spending too much money. Um, <laughs> and um, it's, there were 34 gobblers that I got pictures of killed in South Carolina. I actually killed across the nation, too. Wow. And I know of seven others last year. So it was over 40 birds killed my calls last year.
1: Good enough. Got to go. All All right. More Woods and Water South Carolina next week. Yeah.